Halfway through the month and 16 days away from Halloween, this is Charlottesville Community Engagement for October 15, 2021. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, with another multiple-minute montage of municipal moments, majestically marking a map. On today's program, the Charlottesville Planning Commission recommends adoption of the update of the Charlottesville Comprehensive Plan. A startup seeking sugar substitutes secures funding for expansion at the State Farm Building on Pantops, and the Charlottesville Tree Commission looks forward to the future and a little relief. In today's subscriber-supported public service announcement, the Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards continues to offer classes and events this fall and winter to increase your awareness of our wooden neighbors and to prepare for the future. On October 19th, there's a free class on the selection, planting, and care of trees from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. In early November, there is a three-part class on winter invasive plant identification and treatment. Information on all of the classes and the group can be found at charlottesvilleareatreestewards.org. We begin today with an economic development announcement in Albemarle County, specifically at the former regional headquarters for State Farm on Pantops. Governor Ralph Northam was on hand to announce that the firm Bonumos will partner with the Hershey Company to research and develop reduced or zero sugar chocolate. This is a $28 million investment that Bonumos is putting forth in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Ed Rogers is the chief executive officer and co-founder of Bonumos, which was formed in 2016 and currently operates out of the University of Virginia's North Fork Research Park. Using a $256,000 grant from the Commonwealth's Opportunity Fund and $300,000 from the Virginia Investment Performance Grant Program, Bonumos will move to a portion of the State Farm site. It's an important milestone, 36,000 square foot uh, building. Banyamos is betting that its technology can provide a healthy sugar substitute that can be produced at a price that can be affordable. Rogers said there's a lot of hard work to do to prove that the tech will pay off. We are not so full of hubris that we think that's going to be easy. I mean, sugar's great. Who doesn't love sugar? I mean, even if you hate sugar, you probably love sugar also. Uh, and it's the gold standard of sweeteners. It's natural. It tastes great. Uh, it is functional. It provides structure to foods. It helps depress the freezing point so you have creamy ice cream. Um, it, uh, it caramelizes. It does all these things in food. So it's not just a, when you're talking about replacing sugar, it's not just a matter of replacing the sweetness. Current sugar substitutes don't work as well in cooking, and it can be much more expensive than the real thing. Rogers said the product that Bonumos will make is based on tagatose, a naturally occurring sweetener. The Pantops facility will serve as a demonstration project and will provide at least 64 jobs. Rogers said this only came about because the county's economic development office approached the company with options on how to expand. Soon after the pandemic, State Farm said they would shift entirely to a teleworking model and would not return to the 365,000 square foot building. 
Economic Development Director Roger Johnson is fond of using code names for various projects that they are working on before the deals can be announced. The Albemarle County had begun working with Bonnie Mose well before the state did, and we named uh, this project internally, project, codenamed it Project Leopard, after Def Leopard's hit song, Pour Some Sugar on Me. <laughs> so... This is a story I'll continue to monitor in the weeks, months, and years to come. The city of Charlottesville has launched a new grant program intended to encourage job creation. The Go Hire program, run by the Office of Economic Development, will be adapted as part of the city's pandemic recovery efforts. The positions must pay at least $15 an hour. Grant funds can be used for city-based businesses hiring a new employee that is a city resident. The Office of Economic Development will reimburse 50% of the wages for the initial eight-week hiring period. The grants are capped at $5,000, but the positions are eligible for the Virginia Return to Earn initiative operated by Virginia Career Works. After four years and ten months of review, the seven-member Charlottesville Planning Commission has voted unanimously to recommend approval of an updated comprehensive plan, as well as the future land use map. They did so after a long public hearing in which dozens of community members spoke about the plan, which has been drafted by the firm Roadside and Harwell as part of their Seville Plans Together initiative. James Fries has only been Charlottesville's Director of Neighborhood Development Services for one month, but had the honor of introducing the public hearing. Uh, the result of this process to date is the draft plan that you have before you tonight, which is itself only a first step as we move on to the implementation actions and rulemaking through the Zoning Ordinance Project. That's the third step in the Seville Plans Together project, but Fries said the Planning Commission had to take into consideration all of the chapters of the comprehensive plan. As we move into implementation, we will be considering this entire plan. While there has been much discussion of the land use map, the strategies in this plan call for environmental protection, historic preservation, recognition of neighborhood context, addressing climate change, and providing affordable housing, among many other issues. And all of these will go into our efforts to craft news, a new zoning ordinance. Fries said that densities called for in the future land use map may be adjusted in places where it's not suitable to have higher density. He said he is excited to join the team just as this next phase gets underway. After a presentation on the plan, commissioners got the chance to ask questions before the public hearing began. One yielded an update on the Climate Action Plan from Crystal Rittervold, Charlottesville's Environmental Sustainability and Facilities Development Manager. There's been sort of some competing priorities that the city's worked on, and so we have, in some ways, given some deference to the, to the comp plan process. Um, there's been a lot of um, sort of groundwork and climate protection-related supporting work that's been going on for the past year. Um, it is, there is still fully a commitment to develop a climate action plan, since that's consistent with council's commitment with the Compact of Mayors. Bill Palmer works in the Office of the Architect at the University of Virginia. He said he supported goals in the draft comprehensive plan that refer to the role UVA plays in the community and the acknowledgement of UVA's influence on 
many aspects of Charlottesville, both positive and negative. Uh, I think continuing, obviously, the collaboration and cooperation between the city and the university is, is very important and the county as well. The public hearing lasted nearly two hours and featured competing visions. Some are concerned that additional density in the map could worsen the phenomenon of gentrification. Here's Julia Whiting. The process that got us to this point has been incredibly flawed and now barreling toward a forced premature conclusion. Bill Emery, a former planning commissioner, agreed with that sentiment. It feels like we're driving drunk at night. Kind-hearted developers will not address our shortage of affordable housing. Third-year UVA student Chloe Estrada said she supports a plan which will hold landlords accountable. Earlier this year, we conducted a survey of students who have lived off-grounds to learn more about their housing experiences with specific regard to the treatment they have received from landlords. Broadly, only 43% of student renters were satisfied with their most recent off-ground housing experience. One supporter of the plan wanted the implementation phase to begin quickly. Here's Catherine Lawn. I would um, recommend that you not slow down the process, that you go ahead and adapt, adopt this map as a, as a guide uh, for creating zoning. We know that changes in status quo are going to create a lot of backlash. On Monday, Council and the Planning Commission held a two-hour question-and-answer period on the plan. Kevin Hildebrand had listened, and it cleared up one aspect of the plan for him. I was encouraged after listening to yesterday's meeting that the up to 12 units is not a by right development in medium intensity. Uh, Heretofore, that has not been made clear, and that perhaps the... um, The allowable density will be based on lot size. Dozens more people spoke over the next hour or so before the commission got to their deliberation. There were many discussions of tweaks and quite a few amendments. Some of this came down to what language should be used. Here's an interchange about bonus density for providing affordable housing in sensitive areas. I got a new wording. Consider allowing additional units and height under a bonus program or other zoning mechanism with greater and deeper affordability than non-sensitive areas. Is it considered or just allowing? Because considered means that maybe you can, maybe you cannot. Allowing sounds like that's something that can happen. I don't think that we know yet whether it should be considered. That That's, I think, the point. Um, I think we could, I mean, in my opinion, we can change it to allow, um, and then we can figure out the number in that bonus program. Listening back there, that was Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg, Commissioner Tanaya Dowell, Commissioner Liz Russell, and Commissioner Kareem Habab. Going forward, NDS Director James Fries will be leading the discussions. If this were a role-playing game, he's sort of like the dungeon master. When we say consider, what we mean is that the that the the planning board and the city council would be the ones doing the considering at the time that you're moving forward with adoption of the zoning. Council will have to take a vote, and some of the amendments suggested by the planning commission need to be added by the consultants with more information and specifics. Shortly before the vote, NDS Deputy Director Missy Creasy listed four changes that would be made. One of them was the language that we just heard. Here is another. 
uh, require that zoning changes preserve and enhance historic cultural resources. Another is to further outline what is meant by a sensitive area. And number four, recommend that sensitive area delineations should continue to be defined and additional means and metrics beyond census block data need to be considered. The next step will be the first reading by City Council, scheduled for November 16th. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second Substack Fueled shout-out, Code for Charlottesville is seeking volunteers with tech, data, design, and research skills to work on community service projects. Founded in September of 2019, Code for Charlottesville has worked on projects with the Legal Aid Justice Center, the Charlottesville Fire Department, and the Charlottesville Office of Human Rights. Visit codeforseville.org to learn about all of those projects. Thank you, Code for Charlottesville. One more segment today that perhaps gets to the link between planning and implementation. While Charlottesville does not yet have a specific climate action plan, the draft comprehensive plan has several references to the importance of trees to the city's overall goals. In 2015, a measurement found that the city's tree canopy was at 45% of the land cover. The 2021 draft comprehensive plan features more calls for preservation requirements, including Goal 6 of the Environment, Climate, and Food Equity Chapter, which includes many strategies for increasing tree canopy, especially in areas that experience the urban heat island effect due to a lack of shade. Here's Commissioner Jody Lahendro speaking at the October 5th meeting of the Tree Commission. The uh, comprehensive plan when it's finally done, is going to have significant um, statements about supporting uh, trees, uh, adding trees, and the environmental health of the city. The Tree Commission was created in 2010 to advocate for those types of policies and to recognize specific trees. At the beginning of the October 5th meeting, Chair Brian Menard noted that a landmark tree in Maplewood Cemetery crashed to the ground the weekend before. There is significant damage to the fabric of the cemetery. There are a lot of stones damaged, some for sure beyond repair. Menard said the sudden death of the tree has caused an impact and pointed to the importance of celebrating trees. Just watching people from the neighborhood just react to this, it reminds me that, you know, in the last year or so, we've especially stressed the the functional benefits of trees. Um, the, the health benefits, the, you know, the, the environmental benefits, obviously. To help with education about those benefits, a group called Charlottesville Relief has formed to lead efforts to help spread the word and to plant trees in strategic areas. Peggy Van Yeris is a tree commissioner and one of the Relief members. What we want to do is get kids and families excited about trees and the green industry. So we're really starting with some educational events. Van Yeri said the group is working on developing a website. One idea is to develop materials that can demonstrate the heat differences between different playgrounds. The one at Venable Elementary features a bit of shade, whereas most others do not. 
Menard said the Tree Commission should be playing a role in making sure that new public projects, such as playgrounds, will include new trees. We need to know like who and where and when plans are being made to make changes to city property so that we're in early enough on the conversation. So whether that is with public works or with you know the school division or wh- whoever. The Tree Commission also got an update on municipal tree planting on public property. The current capital improvement program has set aside $75,000 for that purpose. Mike Ronane is the city's arborist, and he said staff needs to be in place to do the planting and to make sure planted trees are regularly watered. We usually hire 17 seasonals that work at parks in the in summertime. I think we were able to fill three of those positions. Um, so that's just seasonal staff. Um, our full-time staff, we're down about a third. In the 2020 State of the Forest report, Ronane had stated that there is a city planting goal of 200 trees a year, but that has not been met for four years. The Tree Commission discussed ways to encourage other ways to help meet the goal. However, their discussion took place before the resignation of city manager Chip Boyles. If you're interested to know more, go back and listen to the entire meeting. There's a lot you can learn by watching these meetings and perhaps getting involved yourself. After all, you're part of this community and you can be part of the conversation, especially if you're hearing these words right now. And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for October 15th, 2021. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to those who have stepped up this week to subscribe via Substack. There have been several people who have done so, and this is really cool. The company Ting, the internet company, they will match that number. So those subscribers' investment in this program will be matched by Ting, which allows me to invest my time in continuing to build a pathway to bringing you this information as often as I can. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and very glad to bring it to you as often as I can. I very much want you to be informed, and I want to be informed. I want to see how this community continues to grow and what can be done. And of course, uh, that is why I report about what is done and what's coming up. The next newsletter will be out at some point in the near future. Not quite sure exactly how that's going to play today. But in the meantime, until we speak again, or until I speak to you again one way, you can always send me an email, though, or drop me a line. Uh, Or if you want to participate in a special pilot interactive product I'd like to do, drop me a line. I'm looking for people who would be interested in observing a live video production. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the day and stay safe out there. That's sweet enough for you?